Well, good morning. How are we doing at 11 o'clock? I kid you not, 8 a.m. beat that. Okay, how are we doing at 11 o'clock? Doing all right? All right, come on. Come on, you had a few more hours than them. But hey, welcome to Silver Creek Church. So glad that you're here worshiping with us this morning. And if you're joining us online, thanks for being present in that kind of way as well. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dom. I serve on staff here as one of our pastors, and this morning it is a joy for me to be able to open up God's Word with you as we continue a sermon series that we've been in called Closer, called Closer, where over the past few weeks we've been talking about what does it look like for us to draw near to God. And we've illustrated this series with doors. You can see some of them behind us, and um, Despite some popular opinion, we're not trying to just recreate the set of Monsters, Inc., right? These doors are here for a reason. And actually, the reason is because of something that Jesus says in the book of Revelations. In the book of Revelations, Jesus tells the church that he stands at the door knocking. All they have to do is open it up, and he will come in and be with them. He will change everything about them. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we might feel distant from God, but we just simply need to wake up to the fact that he is far more closer than we think. Sometimes it just takes going to the door, opening it up, and realizing he's been on the front porch the entire time. And so throughout this series, we've been talking about spiritual disciplines or habits, ways that people over thousands of years of of church history have opened the door and seen God come in and make his home with them and change them. We've talked about uh, reading our Bibles, developing lives of prayer, even getting in community with other Christians. And this morning, we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting. I just saw all of you get really excited. (laughs) I know. This is an interesting uh, spiritual discipline, but it's something that's all over scripture and all over church history. But it's not something that really comes top to mind for a lot of us today. And I get it. It's 2024 in the United States of America. This is not the marketing that you see around you. No, in America, we're told that the good life comes from getting more and more and more and more. But to Jesus, he invites people to find the good life and actually denying themselves and finding it in God's presence. And that's what we're going to learn today as we look at a passage where Jesus is teaching people how to fast. Here's the big idea this morning. It's that those who pause with God end up finding life in his presence. Those who pause with God find life in his presence. And I get it. Some of you are scratching your head right now saying, wait a second, we're talking about fasting. Why, why are you using the word pause here? The reason why is because fasting is a type of pause. When, when someone fasts from something, they're not saying this thing is gone forever because normally it's good stuff that people fast from. It doesn't need to go away forever, but simply someone is pausing something good in their life so that they can see something or someone greater, better. Over church history, this has been food at times. Today, I think a very practical thing to fast from is our phones, right? but it's an intentional pause. Think of it this way. When, when you're driving and you come to a stop sign, do you put your car in park and get out saying, well, the sign told me to stop. Looks like we're here for a while until it changes to say go. No, 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 no. When you come to a stop sign, you know that you are legally obligated to pause there for three seconds. And if you don't, that's up to you. Just don't do it in Reminderville. They're sitting on that one, okay? (laughs) Right, but that's what fasting is. It is a pause. It's a stop sign. It's saying, hey, pause with God. 
even with something very tangible, something good, because when you do, you find something great in his presence. And as we talk about fasting this morning with Jesus, we're going to kind of break down the message in in three parts. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to look at the practice of fasting, the purpose of fasting, and lastly, the person who's formed through this spiritual discipline, through the discipline of fasting. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles and join Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in Matthew 6 this morning, uh, right in the middle of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. If you don't have a Bible with you or a way to access it on your phone, that's okay. We're going to have the passage up on the screen behind me. But before I read it, I just want to pause here and say that um, this is a passage that that really splits Jesus' Sermon in the Mount uh, in half, right? It's right in the middle, And the Sermon on the Mount is the best sermon that has ever been preached by the best preacher who ever walked this earth. And in the middle of the best sermon ever, Jesus thought it was important to teach people how to fast. So I think it's important for us to listen in today. I think there's a lot for us to learn. Let's go ahead and pick up the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, starting in verse 16. And we're going to read through verse 21. This is Jesus speaking. He says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, because they disfigure their faces so that with their fasting they might be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. You see, don't lay up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is God's word, and it's true. Let's start with point one of this morning's message. What is the practice of fasting according to Jesus? Now, we notice a few things before Jesus gets into the practice of fasting. He wants to warn people about a few things regarding the topic in general. The very first thing that we notice in verse 16 is an assumption Jesus makes of his listeners. Did you catch it? This is what he said at the very beginning. He says, and when you fast. Notice something he didn't say there. He did not say, and if you think it's a good idea to fast this year, or if fasting conveniently fits into your schedule. No, no, no. He says, and when you fast. He's assuming his listeners understand that fasting is an amazing way to draw near to God and that they are in the practice of doing it. And again, I think we need to lean in on this one in 2024 because I think a lot of us, when we think about how we're growing with God, we rattle off a few things, but very rarely is fasting in any of those disciplines, right? We're, we're talking about getting in to Bible study, which is amazing. Keep doing that. We're cultivating lives of prayer, which is great. Keep it up. We're even getting into small groups, community groups, right? We're growing so much, but are we stopping there and not realizing what Jesus has for us in this discipline of fasting? How fasting can be a, a huge way for us all to be drawing near to God, opening that door and experiencing his closeness to each and every one of us. The second kind of warning Jesus gives before he dives into the practice of fasting is he talks about how not to fast. 
He tells us not to fake our way through fasting. Do you see some of the language he uses? He says, don't do this like a hypocrite. Don't just go through the the motions of a spiritual discipline so that you can get the approval of people around you. So that people walk away saying, wow, so-and-so is really disciplined. Did you see what they gave up for Lent? Did Did you see this? Because to Jesus, the whole point, the whole practice of fasting is about this. It's about saying no to my comfort and my control in order to say yes to communion with God. The whole focus on the practice of fasting is actually to draw near to God, to open that door, to allow him to really have an impact on our lives. It's not to try to get the approval of people around us, but the practice of fasting, it involves a no to myself that then opens up the door for a yes to the Lord. And what am I denying myself in fasting? Well, when you look at scripture, people are denying themselves comfort or control. I think some of us, we need to think through our lives. What, what could this mean for us? What areas of our life might we need to fast from because we're finding too much comfort, too much control, so much so that we're forgetting to say yes to communion with God and jumping into his presence. For Jesus, the paradigm's all about us saying no to our own wants and yes to the presence of God. Let me pause here and talk about this paradigm of of saying no to me and yes to the Lord, because this is something that shows up in the practice of fasting, but it reaches far beyond fasting. It actually shows up all over the Christian life, this idea of saying no to ourselves and yes to the Lord. In fact, this is where life with God begins. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, first, I just want to say thanks for being here. I want you to keep showing up, asking questions, opening up scripture with us, and taking a good hard look at Jesus. But this morning is not about you learning a little spiritual gadget called fasting, where you magically give something up and God loves you more. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about at all. And I specifically want to talk to you with this no-yes paradigm, because this is actually where life with God begins. You see, the Christian life starts with someone saying no to trying to figure out the problem of their own sin with their own solutions— And in that saying no to themselves, then they say yes to the good news that Jesus has come to rescue us. He is the solution that God has for our sins. Do you see where this no, yes paradigm shows up outside of fasting? It's actually where life with God begins, saying no to ourselves and yes to Jesus. But this isn't just where life with God begins. It's also where life with God continues to grow You see, saying no to yourself is actually the fuel for ongoing growth in your soul. This is the continuation of growth. Once you've become a Christian, it's denying yourself, picking up a cross and walking a life of sacrifice with Jesus, saying yes to him, saying yes to his presence. And it costs us quite a bit in our own comfort, doesn't it? In our own control. And I'm saying this for a reason. It's because the Apostle Paul, when he's talking to Christians in the New Testament, he lets them know as soon as they put their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, God comes and lives with them. The Holy Spirit makes his home with them. And what we're told is the Holy Spirit starts to change us. Apostle Paul even puts it in the terms of he cultivates fruit in our lives. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is this. It's self-control. 
what is that all about? God is concerned about you having the ability to say no to you so that you can start to say yes to him. This is where the Christian life continues to grow. It's, it's not just where it starts, but it also is where it grows. Right, so fasting is this practice that reveals that, that really powerful power paradigm of saying no to me and yes to the Lord, right? No to my comforts, no to my control, and yes to God's presence in my life. Right, and I, I don't think there's anyone in this room who knows that paradigm better than parents. All right, parents, you have all said no to your comfort and your control in order to prioritize someone else and spending time with that person. Let's be honest here for a second, parents. Let's have some real talk. That person that you deny yourself to prioritize, when they're little, they often stink. And when they're older, they often talk back. And we get to those middle years and they're doing both. Man, you're in for it, right? But you love to do it. You deny yourself because you're prioritizing your family, your kids. And again, let's be honest here. If you're willing to do that for your kids, how much more should you be excited to do that with the creator of the universe who not only made all things but is the very lover of your soul? Maybe saying no to those things really makes sense in comparison to the joy it is to spend time in God's presence because those who pause with God find life in his presence. Again, the practice of fasting, it's saying no to me and yes to time with the Lord, prioritizing him. That brings us to point two of this morning's message, which is the purpose. What's the purpose of fasting? And I think to really understand the depth of the purpose of fasting, we have to keep reading what Jesus is saying. You see, in verse 16 to 18, he's outlining the practice. He's telling us how not to do it, but he's also showing us where to focus our fasting on his Father, right? But then if you keep reading in verse 19 to 21, you really start digging in to the real purpose behind fasting, and that's where we're going to pick up the passage here right now. So what's the purpose of fasting? Well, Jesus just taught us how to do it, and now he starts talking about something else. Starting in verse 19, he says, Don't lay up for yourself treasure on earth. Because that's where moth and rust destroy. That's where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where the moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's the connection here? Why did Jesus just jump from the practice of fasting to now talking about treasure? Well, it's because the practice of fasting is all about going after the treasure. The purpose of fasting is about you and me going after the treasure of knowing God, spending time in his presence, and discovering that he himself is the treasure of life itself. Again, going back to the practice of fasting, we're pausing good things, but they're temporary things, in order to focus on something and someone greater, eternal, right? And if you don't believe me yet, just kind of keep listening to Jesus. Later on in Matthew, Matthew 13, 44, he tells this parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. According to Jesus, the treasure of life itself is knowing his father, having life with God 
living in his presence and discovering that he's the treasure we've been looking for the entire time. And in doing so, what happens? We realize that the treasure is not in all these good temporary things. The things that we're fasting from, the treasure is not in my career. The treasure is not in me raising the perfect kids. The treasure is not in everybody having a certain opinion of me. No, no, no. The treasure is in knowing a God who is giving me life both today and forevermore. That's the treasure. And that's the whole purpose of fasting. It's to go after that treasure. To say, yes, I need some realignment in my soul, right? These temporary but good things, they're not where the treasure is. They're things I'll take care of, I'll invest in them, but I know where the treasure of life itself is. It's with God. I I played football in high school, and I think probably some of us have in the room, and if you were a lineman, you know that sticking your hand in the dirt really messes up your back at the end of the season, right? From all the hitting, right? The wear and tear of a football season for me was really felt in my back. And so uh, my dad, after one of my high school football seasons, took me to a chiropractor and they realigned my back. It was so, so helpful. I needed it because the wear and tear of months of just hitting people and being bent over, it was, it was really bad for my back. And, and guys, I think sometimes this is why we need to fast from good things even. It, it's because we need some realignment in our soul. The wear and tear of a hard week or a tough day, sometimes it can get us thinking that the treasure is in those temporary but good things, right? In our careers, in our kids, in other people's opinions. But fasting is so helpful. That practice of denying those things in order to, to really see where the treasure is, man, we need it. The last thing I'll say on this point of the purpose of fasting, really going after the treasure of knowing God, is this, right? I, this past winter, coached seventh grade boys basketball. And one of the first things we had to teach the boys was how to rebound, Because right? at that age level, right, as soon as someone shoots the ball, everybody looks like this. And that's not good for your team if you're trying to go get the ball, right? If everybody's just standing around watching it, right, who's going after it? So we we had to teach the boys how how to box out and rebound, right? And so we taught them with these three words. We said, all right, this is good, boxing out and rebounding. It's hit, hit, get. Okay, so I'll teach you in case you guys were wondering how to box out. Um, The first hit is with your hand. So feel out where the other team is. Okay, so now you've located them. The second hit is with your backside, right? Use your backside to drive them out of of the area where the ball's gonna land. But then thirdly, you gotta go get the ball, right? Because if all you've done is drive the other team out, but you haven't gone and gotten the ball, what's the whole point? Guys, the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about in this series, they're not just about you driving sin out of your life. That's good. Do that. They're they're not just about you driving distractions out of your life. That's great. Do that. But if that's all we do, we're missing it because these disciplines are about pushing those things out but then going after the treasure. Run after Jesus if all we're doing is becoming really good at reading the Bible and praying and community, but we're not running after Jesus with these tools, with these habits and disciplines, we're missing it all. We're like a team that just pushes the other team out of the way, but never goes after the ball, right? Guys, something like fasting, the purpose is to run after the treasure. Let's be people who do that. 
That brings me to the third and final point of this morning's message, which is the person who's formed through a discipline like fasting. What happens to you and me if we take Jesus' teaching for real in our own lives? And to really show you someone who has done this, I'm not going to point to myself or other people. I have fasted, but I want to point you again to Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't just teach about fasting, he actually models it. You know, we've been anchored to Matthew chapter 6 in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where he's teaching people how to fast. But two chapters earlier, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus actually modeled a life of fasting. Uh, We don't have time to read the whole chapter, but I'll summarize what happens. Matthew chapter 4, we're told that Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness for 40 days, out into the desert. And in that wilderness, Jesus does two things. He prays and he fasts. And I just want to pause there for a second and just kind of speak on why it's so important to do those things hand in hand. Actually, when you read across scripture, anytime someone's fasting, it is always attached to prayer in their life. And the reason is, if you take prayer out of fasting, all you have is a diet, okay? Because again, what's the point of fasting? It's to go after the treasure, to to get into God's presence, to have communion with him. And so Jesus, he goes out into the wilderness, and he's in prayer, and he's fasting, right? Now, as he's out there towards the end of these 40 days, guess who shows up? Satan. What a buzzkill, right? Jesus is out there having communion with his father. Satan shows up and tempts Jesus three times, right? And most of us, when we read that passage, we just focus on the temptation, right? We get, we get really zeroed in on that temptation. It's important to pay attention to, But actually this morning, I want to highlight how fasting and prayer impacted and formed Jesus in those moments. Because you best believe after 40 days of fasting and prayer, that practice had an impact on him. After 40 days of denying himself and saying yes to time with his father, he was a different person. Right? And you see this when Satan tempts him. Because what happens? Well, Satan tempts him in three areas. Satan tempts him in the area of comfort, in the area of control, and in the area of his very own identity. And every time an accusation is thrown from the devil at Jesus, Jesus is not on his back foot, right, stumbling around, trying to figure out how to get past this one, right? How How do I move beyond that trial, that temptation? No, instead, when you see Jesus in that passage, he's on his front foot, standing firm on the truth of God's word, Now, why might he be that way? You know, when we read that passage, we think to ourselves often, man, the devil's really clever. He snuck up on Jesus and ambushed him when he was at his weakest, right? He hadn't eaten for 40 days. He's been in a desert, just in prayer, right? The devil really knows how to come after us. But what if it's the opposite? What if that's really not true at all? What if the Spirit led Jesus to the desert, not to weaken Jesus, but to strengthen him for the day of temptation. And this is what we discover. The person who's formed through fasting, they not only discover life in God's presence, but they find strength in God's presence for every need that shows up. After 40 days of communion with his father, Denying himself, Jesus was standing on the strength 
and on the truth of God's word. The same can be true for you and for me, but this is so different. Because how does the world tell you to go get strength? The world says, hey, go do more. Go pull up your boots a little higher, right? Power through that problem. Get past that need. Just depend on yourself, right? That's not where strength is found, according to Jesus. He did the opposite. He didn't try harder. He denied himself more. He got into his Father's presence, and he not only found life there, but he found strength for every need that came up. And that's really good news for you and for me because we have needs, don't we? There are problems that show up all over life, at work, at home, in our marriages, in our friendships. And the question becomes, where are you going to go looking for strength? When Jesus is fasting, he's intentionally saying he is finding strength in his Father's presence. What if you and I tried that? Is that something that we are in the practice of? In, in kind of summary, just kind of thinking about today's message, I really want you walking away with this, right? The practice of fasting is all about me saying no to me and yes to the Lord. Giving up something to be with him, to focus on something greater. And the purpose of it all is to go after the treasure. And lastly, when we do that, we become people who not only find life in God's presence, but strength for every need that we have. And so out of today's message, I just want to give you a few next steps, some really tangible things that we all can consider as application. And here they are. First, I want to talk to you if you're not a Christian this morning. If you're here asking questions, opening up scripture with us, I just want you to think about this. This series, it's about drawing nearer to God. But you're not going to draw near to God by just doing more practicing these disciplines. No, the starting point of life with God for all of us is his son, Jesus. And so this morning, your next step is to say no to trying to figure out sin on your own and saying yes to the free gift of salvation that God's given through his son, Jesus. Get to know him this morning. Say yes to him this morning. Trust him for the forgiveness of your sins. And if you need help processing that, talking that out and and praying that prayer, I want to invite you, come forward after service. Talk to me or a prayer team member. We want to start that journey with you. The second way I want you to hear that there's a next step for you out of this message is if you are a Christian, and if you're part of our Silver Creek family, there's something coming up that's for you, and I I think it's connected even to this message. In two Fridays on February 23rd, starting at 6 p.m., we're going to open the doors of this building for 24 hours of prayer meaning from Friday at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m., the doors will be open, people will be here, and you can just show up. You can just jump into God's presence and say, Lord, what do you want to teach me? Show me that you're the treasure, right? I need strength for this need. Would you just show up? And actually online, there is a place where you can just sign up for an hour. You don't have to be here for the full 24 hours, but, but maybe consider signing up for just one slot, one hour where you're going to show up and seek out the treasure of life itself, which is knowing God and walking with him. And maybe, just maybe, that day of prayer becomes something more. Maybe it also becomes a day of fasting where you say no to something good in your life so that you can say yes to someone who's greater. 
So please consider that. And, and friends, the reason for all of this is because those who pause with God end up finding life in his presence. Would you pray with me now? Jesus, thank you for who you are and how you love us. Jesus, thank you for, for being the one who solves the problem of our sin. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room today who hasn't said no to their own solutions and yes to you, that today would be the day that they find rest in knowing you and receiving the forgiveness that you have for them. Lord, for all of us, would you teach us to say no to ourselves and yes to you? Would you help us to see that you are the treasure to life itself? And God, would you strengthen us as we show up and get in your presence? Would you provide for every need that we have. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.